when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's July 19th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 494. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Renata Price. Howdy. Ricardo Contreras. Hey. Uh, so, wow. Y- yeah, what? Oh, I'm trying to decipher it. Last time you oh, told me I had to means. decipher yeah. Who knows what it means? <laughs> who knows? You'll find out. Don't worry about it, Kato. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. You'll all be revealed to you. Uh at the moment of my choosing. Oh my god. All right. So, uh just an absolute monster uh this Monday. Uh anyway, uh Ren, let's let's dive right into this. Uh this whole stray situation. Yes. Because before the show, we were chatting about it and I was frankly dismayed to hear that it sounds like it might actually be insufficiently feline. So, Stray is an adventure game about being a little cat. Uh yeah. And by that, I mean, Stray feels like if you took an adventure game protagonist, perchance a Nancy Drew, perchance a Gabriel Knight, and you shrunk <laughs> them down and asked them to pilot a cat around like a mech. Um, you are a little cat and you can do little cat things, but the little cat things you can do are ancillary to the actual game itself. Uh, they are distractions from your adventure gaming as opposed to... And you mean like traditional adventure game where it's like go to this location, like make things happen in this area, go somewhere. Like, is that like... We're talking about you have an inventory. Your little cat has an inventory and you will walk I'm up... I'm sorry, to how pe- do they justify the little cat inventory? <laughs> so your little You have a little robot who lives in your backpack. Okay. Uh, and the little robot who lives in your backpack is a friendly guy who talks to you a lot. Um... I also believe this cat can understand written English. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we're the cat understands to... <laughs> written English, um, and basically, the little robot stores all of your items by digitizing them, uh, and then being able to re- re- reproduce them uh, in front of a person. So effectively, you can show up and be like, you can do the adventure game thing of walking up to a person on the street and being like, "What do you think about my postcard?" <laughs> Please tell me what you think about my postcard. But you now reproduce that you're showing a digital reproduction of the postcard. Uh, but you can also literally summon the object back into mm. existence. Um, okay. Uh, so like an early game puzzle involves going into a couple of apartments uh, by doing some cat platforming, some cat forming, if you will. Uh, and then kind of searching around the apartments for for these notebooks um that are kind of scattered throughout the land uh there is a puzzle where you have to open a safe um and to open the safe you have to show a note to someone who can read binary 
uh, who can like read old binary uh, is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when you give it to that person, uh, they're like, sorry, I can't read this note until I have some kind of poncho because I'm just too cold. I'm too, I'm shivering too much to (laughs) to translate. I was mad about that quest. (laughs) Hang on. Do they tell you this or are you supposed to divine that in your little cat brain (laughs) where it's like this person is shivering? Ergo, maybe if I give them a poncho, uh, they're just like, they're just like, I need something. They, they need a vague something where they're like, I'm, oh, I'm shivering. Oh, I'm I'm so cold. I can't work on this thing that you've given me. If only I had something to warm me up. Um, and then you go. I had I had found I had acquired the poncho beforehand uh, by just fucking around because there's a guy who sells things. And I was like, I'll probably need these electrical cables eventually. They wouldn't be selling electrical cables if I didn't theoretically need electrical cables. Uh, and so I, I did some cat bartering and I traded in some cans of energy drink for... Uh, which are the apparently the primary currency of the area of the game that I am currently in, uh, and was given a pair of electrical cables. And then I showed up and met a grandmother, and she was like, I'd be able to knit you a poncho if I had some electrical cables. And I was like, okay, I do have that, I guess. I'll probably need this later. And I did. Also, um, in case this wasn't clear, everyone's robots. Everyone is robots. Yeah, that is also important to note, uh, is that everyone is robots. All the humans are dead, and it's their fault. <laughs> the human's fault? Yeah. 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 Extremely. Could not be more than... <laughs> so, the, the lore reason for why all the humans are gone, um, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, it happens in the first, like, hour and a half of the game, um is it's basically revealed that humanity made a bacteria to eat garbage. Yeah. Oh, is it like a Grey Goose situation? So here's the thing, Rob. The bacteria that eats garbage got really good at eating things, and then it grew up to the size of, like, a small rat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then was basically capable of reproducing kind of uh, near infinitely, uh, and able to, basically as much as they can devour, they can reproduce, uh, and they're capable of eating metal. Uh, and so humanity kind of got ethered a little bit. Why are the robots still around if the, uh, if the Grey Goo can eat the the, if the the rat monsters can eat the metal? They hide. The robots hide, uh, and they don't go outside of their little their little city their little city zones. Okay. Um, the game starts you in like basically a uh, a robot slum. Uh, because the robots, the game justifies, it's like why the robots act the way they do by being like, well, the robots are just mimicking what people did, uh, because that's how robots work. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so the whole game is like interacting with robots who are doing things that are like similar to, but legally distinct from what people do. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is like, it's charming. It is very charming when you meet a grandma robot and she knits you a poncho. And you're like, well, this is this is cute. Well, it is until you figure out you can't wear the damn thing. I thought I was oh, going to get a tiny cat poncho. I also thought I was going to get a tiny cat poncho, but you don't get to put the tiny cat you poncho on. It the- makes me so mad. Uh, <laughs> fuck! It's, it's just for that robot. That robot That's- who is cold. 
Man, it pisses me off when somebody gives me something to give to someone in need and I don't get it. Well, you don't know that it's not that. You don't that. know that it's for someone in need when you first get the tiny yeah, cat no, poncho, you totally Rob. Meet, you totally meet all these other people. Wait, you meet but you said grandma. it's not for you. you yeah, like, why do you think it's a cat poncho? Is because, it the wrong size? Because when you start in this area, there's a there's a vendor that sells these cables. And then there's a grandma who knits from the cables. And she's like, you're so cute. I could make you a little poncho. And you're like, great, okay. I would love to be to have a poncho in this game. I love customizing my little cat with a poncho. But it turns out the poncho is fake. It's not real. It's just for this quest. <laughs> the quest it's a quest bound poncho. Is the poncho made of electric cables? Yes. Okay. Yes. But it looks very soft. Yeah. Somehow. She looks like she's done a really good job of knitting that poncho. <laughs> I, Renata Price, a human woman with blood and bones, would wear the electrical cable poncho mm-hmm. if offered to me. It looks that soft. Feels like it'd be very heavy. <laughs> the wolf like for cat. a little cat, I'm thinking it would just be uncomfortable. <laughs> That's true. The cat also has to wear a backpack already. That's yeah. already. The scene where the cat gets the backpack for the first time and like does the thing that cats do when they interact with an object oh that God. is on them. It does like the like slink down to the floor and yeah. like prowl trying something to get out from me. under the what object because they don't understand that they're wearing something. Yeah, it's very um, good. Very funny to me that, that the cat doesn't understand that it is wearing something, but it can understand human English. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking human written English. So what are your goals as the little cat like is it like is there any sort of frame put on this where it's like broadly you know what you're doing or is it just day in the life you are um so you lived on the outside world uh which no one else knows of because they're like there's an outside world holy shit uh we thought that was a myth um but you lived there with your little cat family uh but you make a bad jump at the beginning of the game and you fall down a big tube um Oh, Rob, this you're making a face that looks concerned. This is a game where a cat is very frequently imperiled. Mm. <laughs> I would I would say that this is a frequently imperiled cat. Yeah. This cat is bitten by little guys. This cat is is chased. Um this cat is hunted by 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 machines. Um It's an imperiled cat game. I I I do regret to inform you. Um listen, it's not all it's not all sunshine and roses in the life of a cat. Sometimes you have to, sometimes as a cat, you have to climb through an abandoned city district to get the top of a tower to install a radio transceiver. <laughs> so you can actually um, uh, connect to people in the upper levels of the uh, uh, like tiered city, like a cat does. Yeah. So, I sort of felt like in the marketing for this game, like all the trailers were like, "Man, cat adventure, huh?" <laughs> um, I guess what I'm wondering is like, where, like, how are we feeling about this in general? Like, do you do you feel like this is this is a good adventure game, and I'm glad I am this cat on an adventure? Uh. Do you think it's doing something interesting with that premise? Because I have to be honest, like with the exception that you're a cat, this all sounds a bit, oh man, like post-human robots being little people, huh? <laughs> like, 
I've seen that motif a lot, right? And it's not necessarily say you can't go back to it, but also I'm like, it, it, I've yet to hear anything that's like, wow, this sounds like it's really doing some interesting things and has some cool ideas. Kato, you can, you can, mm. you may disagree with me here. I don't think it does. Mm, like, I, do I don't know if you disagree. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, per- I'm so excited to hear why. <laughs> oh, no, first, Ren, well, yeah, finish getting on this game. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't. I wouldn't. Sorry. Say that. Sorry. Uh, please let us gaze through your critical lens uh, at what you see uh, when you examine this game's potential and so context true. and what's accomplished. Thank you. Thank you, Rob, so much for <laughs> for your professionalism in this moment. Um. So I. I don't feel like this little cat game is asking interesting questions, both about robots and also about little cats. And those are the two things that is decided to focus entirely around. And I don't know if it will, because it is, it is like you're saying, it is doing a pastiche of a, a thing that we've seen before and seen before extremely recently. Um, I think that we are kind of in a, our robots people renaissance um with uh with westworld with um near automata with but it is it is coming up again uh very intensely and i think that that aesthetic is really beautiful the game is gorgeous i i i, I do need to stress that it's mm-hmm. extremely pretty and like well directed uh, one of the opening scenes, you're walking down this like hallway and it's like very well shot, but it is extremely competent. Stray is a competent game, but I don't know if I find it to be an interesting one is, is kind of my key frustration with it. <clears throat> so like, I don't think it's interested in robots at all. Mm. I, I feel like this game, at least in like the opening hours is pointing towards basically a pandemic like uh like uh uh what's the word Met- metaphor right like mm-hmm. this is this is a game made mm. during the pandemic i think about the pandemic and it's not actually interested in whether or not robots are people it is just replacing the robots with people because th- that's who's left after a pandemic that will wipe out humans right and i think it's going to be more about um it feels more about to me like navigating new spaces uh, as a person that isn't, or as a as a as a creature that isn't that that isn't originally from that space, mm-hmm. including which includes the robots occupying the space of the humans that like had built these 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 areas for themselves and are now taking that space. So it's like two layers of like you're the you're the newest uh, kind of rung on this ladder of like now you're navigating spaces in new ways because you're smaller. You can jump in places where like you're not supposed to get to and like things like that and like one the one thing i feel like is very interesting to me about it is the way that you navigate through this space and it's all like you know very beautifully like set up and like very beautifully lit and stuff and i think the kind of you if you look at any of the screenshots there's always some sort of neon happening mm-hmm. right like you've got that urban glow kind of happening and that's all actually very useful waypointing for the different places where like by the end of like my my like playtime in the slums so far i i know where everyone lives right i feel like i can actually map this community without there being a map in the game um 
just through having to navigate it and through the signage that's in the place. There's one actually one quest that I won't exactly spoil, but one quest where I like once I knew what I needed, I was like, oh, I know where that is because I remember seeing the sign for that X minutes ago, like because I was walking around talking to somebody else. Um, and it really f- does feel like it's trying to say something or like at least points towards uh, the ways that, uh, you know, you can build community in like a small amount of space and like the ways that navigating that can be different for different people but like Mm -hmm. it yeah it doesn't feel particularly interested in can the robots the the, the jokes the jokes are definitely a little bit like look at this robot meditating you wouldn't think a robot would meditate but i don't think it's actually interested in that as a question a core question i Mm -hmm. think you know? No, and like not everything has to have a big like existential point about humanity. Right, I'm, I'm, right. I'm with you there, and I think we're. I don't. It doesn't sound like you know Ren was arguing that. Certainly, it's just uh, like and and things can be like studies in like tone or setting, and I and I can see where, uh, yeah, the notion of like human rituals as enacted by robots in the absence of original, original context could just be a. a good and poignant uh recurring bit i guess for me it's it's more like adventure games and like in my view adventure games uh that tend to be a lot about like going like repeating a lot of journeys through the same territory and uh sort of poking at at, uh puzzles that you're stuck on for a while like you really need to be bought in on wanting to just spend time and linger over both the world and then the weird and to spend time with the sort of weird logics that inform the game's puzzles. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if it's working on that level for you, Ren, where it's, where it's like, it doesn't necessarily need to be a great game, but like, mm-hmm. is this in the context of like today, is this a, really good adventure game like does it stack up in that genre well if we if we take it on those terms yeah i think it is i think it is a excuse me sorry uh i think it is a very solid 3d adventure game i think Mm -hmm. that like if you come to it with the expectations of say for example the things i referenced previously uh a gabriel knight a nancy drew uh a dark seed uh those games are weird um the do you you remember the hr geiger adventure game (laughs) <laughs> no no okay well the dark seed games are really weird uh hr geiger did art for an adventure game um this is neither here nor there um but it's not going to be quite to that degree because in, they have basically traded off that degree of puzzle design and like conversation tree length for visual fidelity and mm-hmm. like a, a more of aesthetic like tone piece style thing and I think it's an interesting trade-off. It is a world I like spending time in and want to spend more time in. And I think in that way, the adventure game design is a success because it is it is a well-realized enough place that when I look at it, I go, yeah, I could spend more time with those characters in that place because it just feels good to be there because it's extremely like well-developed as like a aesthetic space. Yeah, I would, I would agree that the puzzles aren't, super 
um it's more like the type of puzzle where you're like finding xyz thing and showing it to a person that sort of stuff so far at least as far as i got like a couple hours in um but given that it's often more about finding your way to xyz place right like and because you can't often doors are closed like windows are closed you can't actually navigate through buildings the way that you normally would if you were a human that could open doors you're mostly scaling the outside of these walls and like finding the correct path out and over to different places which you can see kind of marked by the different neon uh bright lights in the distance um that part is kind of the 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 thing that they traded out for more complex puzzles it's is it's the mm. is is the traversal of the space right mm. um mm. and like yeah i think so far it's been it's been pretty fun and like it it does um it does have a, a few it's had a few moments where like you know time time kind of progresses after you hit a, like a quest marker and like peep the people move around in the in this like slums area you have new people to talk to things like that and it does feel like uh like i want to go around and double check what everyone's like been up to like now that like time mm-hmm. has quote unquote progressed you know it's like hey how are you how's the meditating going over here uh how how's that um How's that? Uh, paint. There's two robots chucking paint across the roof, which is oh, fun. God. That's part of a. That's also part of a quest. Yeah. But uh, they were chucking paint. They were. They the were. Well, they were, and then <laughs> before you got up to your little cat shenanigans. Little cat shenanigans. I do think. I do think that it's fun that they've kept, aside from the like item, like having an inventory, which I feel like doesn't get used super often aside from quest specific things they kept like your verbs to very cat things right like you can meow and it actually does things both in like quite in like different quests there's like specific meow triggers but there's also like you know we we talked about this bacteria (laughs) that can eat metal and stuff that's kind of the early game primary uh enemy essentially and there are moments where you have to traverse areas that are infested by these and part of the trick is that you can meow to uh, kind of kite them over to an area. And then, you know, there'll be like doors that you can like trap them behind and like skirt around the other way and things like that. So um, there's also like every time you see a rug, you can press Y and then, you know, pull your little cat paws on the rug. And you just hit left trigger, right trigger, left trigger, right trigger to like, you know, knead that rug with your little claws. And it's fun. And I do it every time I see it. And that's nice. There's also that thing. <laughs> there's also that thing where like, you know, they'll stretch up and you like rip at something vertically, which at first has been just like doors and shit. But then a couple times I've used it actually to open like a window shade uh, like that flips open because I pull it down with my little cat paws and then it like, you know retracts back up and i can i've opened a new way to get out of a room um so i think they they do incorporate cat actions in in a a kind of fun way but it does feel like once you get your little robot pal uh it having that inventory like takes a little bit of the catness out of most Mm -hmm. of the interactions moving forward yeah does it like when you do see state changes in the world like does it generally pay off on that front of like 
oh yeah now the world's different it's cool to sort of see the changes like wrought through it as the stories advance because like that is one of the pleasures right of like your your adventure game where you you do make the world either because the the setting just changes based on like where you are in the story or like time of day but also that like something you do does like have a weird little impact uh on something familiar at least to where i've played it hasn't uh it's less of like world state change than like a time has progressed and it's a little more banal than that it's like people are moving along in their day um more than like you've affected something big and like things are changing right at least Mm -hmm. as far as i've gotten there may be it feels like i am headed towards something where either something big will happen and people will have to react to it or i will just simply move on to a new area i'm not sure yet but i feel like i'm reaching a point where there's going to be some Something big. Uh, I don't know how far in you got, yeah. Ren. If you have more insight, I'm to I'm, that. A, I'm about. I'm. I think we are about at the same place, which I think is about a quarter, a third of the way, probably through, right. based on the memories. You're also collecting the robots' memories. Um, that is mm-hmm. the other thing um, that do like little bits of like narrative, um, like framing. Uh, those are those are fine. Uh, how do you actually? Cut. I'm curious. How do you feel about the the little robots' memories? I mean, you know, it's it's pretty standard uh uh what's it called? Environmental storytelling. You know, there's stuff in the world that you see and then the robot kind of has something to say about it. Um mm. very it's it's that trope of like your main character is am- amnesiatic and will slowly unveil who they are and what they are and what the world is through remembering things at certain moments, right? Um and mostly it's it's just very funny cuz I feel like until you get the robot, you could almost believe that this was a very cat. This is a very cat, which uh, this like all the things that you're doing is like, yeah, I guess a cat would just do that. I guess, you know, yeah. just walking along, finding their way through this space. Um, and then and then after that, it's like, oh, this cat must understand language to react the way that it's reacting it is- from here out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this cat obviously speaks the 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 king's English. <laughs> yeah, or who knows? Maybe B twelve is a uh, translating everything to cat, and it's it's English for us, the the viewer. But <laughs> that is what I have been wondering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does the game? Here's an important question. Yes, cats are very cute. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in addition to their innate mischievousness some of it stems from the fact that they're also just remorseless killing machines uh, without <laughs> untroubled by conscience and i am curious is your cat just a little helper cat or is there also an element in which you are an agent of chaos uh disturbing this this little innocent robot eden i mean yeah i'll be honest the incident the incident looms large in my mind. <laughs> the incident. The incident does loom large in my mind when a couple of robots are tossing paint cans across a roof for some reason. And in order to solve your little puzzle, you have to distract one of them and cause a paint can to fall 20, 20, 30 feet below onto onto the porch of a man. He could have been walking out of his door. They, that could have been a, a tragic accident and it would have been on your hands your paws and the paint is it's laying on the ground a man has to go out and clean up the paint and you know what you do rob you know what you do rob what 
while he's cleaning out the paint. Uh-oh. You're a little cat and you walk through it. Pat, 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 pat. Pat, 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 With your little paws? Your little paws. Your little paws and you leave paw prints. Pat, 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 pat. And he goes, no, please. And you go, pat, 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 pat. You don't go into his dwelling, do you? Oh, you can. Oh, yeah. You may. You, you pa, definitely pa, do. Pa, pa, pa. Oh, no. Uh, he has carpeted floors. <laughs> Robbie has carpeted I'll floors. I bet it's not pa, easy pa, to pa, clean pa, that pa, anymore <laughs> after the apocalypse. He uh, is just using a brush and water. Oh, yeah. You've ruined his life. <laughs> That robot and I think nothing ruined. of it. I think nothing of it. No, you have your little meow. <laughs> you can you you can meow at him too. Yeah, you can you can you can <laughs> fuck it, pat, pat 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 through meow. his paint and then look at him and go. Meow. Keep going, <laughs> keep going about your day. Superb. Oh. Uh, well, that I think I'm curious to check back in on Stray once you both played more and see whether. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what it unfolds out into, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or if it ends up being more of just a like, you know, here's here's a cute conceit, uh, and uh, and a narrow store. I'm curious. I'm curious where it is where it is going. I um, think I think my cat is about to acquire a gun, so it should be very interesting. I also believe that we are about. I I, <laughs> think, I don't think it's a gun. I think it's going to be a special weapon, kind of flashlight. And it's always highlighted. I think the cat it's, is about to acquire UV a gun. Light. <laughs> I think that the cat is going to acquire something that functions like a gun. And I, <laughs> listen, I think it's important to note that when you start this game, it does it does give you a Chekhov's cat gun, uh, which it does say in the options menu, do you want to show your reticle on screen? <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that option. <laughs> There's an option in the menu that says show reticle. And I've been thinking about it since then. Oh, I have been no. every time I interact with anything, I'm like, why the fuck would there be a reticle on this little cat game? Is this cat going to have a gun? <laughs> I don't think this cat should have a gun. I would not I do trust think, this cat with a gun. I do think uh, I have seen people who require reticles in whatever game they're playing, even if it's third person True. or like motion sickness reasons. So I could put, but, but, but going in, now I understand, going as far as I've gotten in this game, now I do know we are going to receive a weapon of some sort, I guess. I am just curious how a cat shoots a gun. This is. <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. not going to end up being a focus of the game, given how much of the game, like, like I think Ren said, like, a, we're probably in around a third of the way in, where I feel like, if that was going to be part of like part of a, 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 a like the main mechanics they probably would have given it to us earlier this is probably going to be a bit i hope it's going to i hope it's going to be a bit <laughs> and we just get more adventure game later um but it would be very weird if suddenly we're in a cat with gun game <laughs> i actually i am pro it just wildly <laughs> pivoting into a cat with gun game because i kind of just want to see that i kind of just want to see the maneuver you know God, yeah i want to see i want to see the exploration of the space kind of <laughs> laid before me oh. man this is i am now just flashing back to you it looks like they've to keep it up online they've they've killed the uh music that used to go with it but you you ever see the um the joke like the the video cat with GoPro uh but it's a day in the life of a cat 
Uh, and along the way, the cat commits several holdups. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> he gets, gets no. aggressively drunk at a party, uh, thrown out of a bar. Um, like, no? It's great. No, I haven't. That sounds like a really funny bit. Uh, oh. but I would, I would, I would love it if Stray just, just turned into that, uh, where, where, yeah, it, there's a moment in the video where the cat pulls a knife on somebody trying to pet it, uh, and, and takes all their shit. It's great. Just a hard, disquieting pivot. Mm. That really. Cat with a gun. Just like, totally betrays the, like, the fact that there's so many spots in this, in this game where you can. You can hit Y, and your your cat takes a nap and starts snor purring, and mm-hmm. it's just so cute and great. And then cat gun, you can you can do that in a room with a corpse. Yeah, <laughs> there is a robot corpse yeah. in a room, and you can take a you nap take a right nap. next to that shit. Next to it, it's a robot. Doesn't smell or anything. It's not going to bother a cat. Cat don't know. Cat sees that's metal. True. Cat's like, is that a TV? I don't that's know. True. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't even have to worry about that. That's like that's, that's, true. that's true. That's not that's not a corpse. That's just like that's machinery. That's <laughs> idle machinery. Cats don't understand the the gentle release of the void. <laughs> they do not. Not uh, until they've experienced it eight times at least. Stupid. <laughs> so. Let's see. I have uh I didn't play much this weekend. I have unfortunately fallen all the way back down a Gran Turismo 7 uh hole. Woo! Um and <laughs> but now it's now it's just dire. Now it's just now it's just a grim situation, folks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> I am now grinding for currency. No. Oh, I know. Like Rob, come on. The thing is, the races that I the the loop of races I'm on are all really good, um, and I've found a few good ones where it's like consistently a good race and a and a pretty challenging one to get. Okay, so here's where it gets interesting for me. Like why? So the thing is, the game's horrible slot machine mechanic where mm-hmm. it's like, congratulations, here's your daily reward. And your daily reward is always like the smallest amount of currency it can give you. Uh, <laughs> or or it's like, hey, congratulations. You've won an invitation to buy a rare car. And you're like, what? And it's like, yes, now you can buy this rare car. And it's like, how much is this rare car? A lot. It's a lot. <laughs> like, it's it's millions. And at the stage of the game where I'm at, like, there's a few races that if you finish in first place... Uh, it can be worth like a half a million credits, but uh, those are I'm, I'm struggling with those because they do some really weird things with fuel consumption and tire wear. Uh, basically, they pretend huh. this entire endurance race condensed down to like 10 laps. And so your car burns fuel at like seven times the rate a car would. So like you go around the track once and it's like you're at half fuel. So um, you're saying that it's not your fault that you ran out of fuel it's the game's fault there is a there's a unifying factor <laughs> yeah. here yes yes uh yes i i will tell you it has been uh unfortunate to like i didn't understand what like how bad it was going to be um until yeah there was one where i did 
one lap in a car mm. that's just been dominant uh, in a number of other races. And I guess what I hadn't realized is it just doesn't have very much fuel. Oh. And so I did one lap and I was like, man, I'm just crushing this race. And then I looked down and it's like, and I have to pit on the very next lap and there's 10 <laughs> laps of this race. Oh, no. And like, yeah, I'm fast, but I'm not like can put an entire pit stops distance between me and everyone else in one lap. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I've been trying to figure out what are the right cars to do with that, that. And like, hold on. Is that a thing that could happen? What? Like, you, could you, in theory, with a fast enough car vehicle, put a, an entire pit stops yes. distance between you? Okay. Yeah, of course. Well, like, so but you have to be was, really fast. This is this is what I was wondering about the simulation of of Gran Turismo, which I assumed would is closer to the sim side. But like a lot of racing games will rubber band NPCs to make things you know exciting for you out front, even if you yeah. are handedly winning, right? Oh right, well, yeah. Let me let me back up here. So Gran Turismo has a tick where it's like. Um, Gran Turismo is convinced the most fun thing in the world is mm-hmm. starting at the back of the grid and mm. passing everybody to win. Right. And where this can be a bit weird is that what that also means is just to have a decent result, you need to be the fastest car on track. Right. But to win, you need to be so much faster that you can gain all the ground uh, to the first place car by the end of the race. Um, so it's not like... By the time you come up on these people, you're usually able to dust them pretty quickly because your one lap pace uh, is just like blistering compared to theirs. Uh, With these races, what they've done is it's still basically that format. It's like it's a longer race for Gran Turismo uh, in Gran Turismo terms. It's like here's a 10 lap race. It's like the touring car 800. And what that means is also the the performance point cap is 800. You can't have a car that's better than this abstract value of 800 points. Uh, so, and, and Kato, that, by the way, is where you can really get into the territory of, mm. like, could you, in theory, put enough distance between? Yeah, if you bring in a car that's, like, set like 150, 200 points beyond anything else on, right. the, on the grid, uh, that is the kind of thing where in two laps you might be able to put enough. You might be able to put like 30 seconds on the rest of the Damn. field. Okay. Um, might be. But <laughs> in these races, um, the thing that they do is I think it's like gas consumption is times like seven or eight and tire Whoa. wear is like times 12. So after one lap, you have burned through a huge amount of gas and your tires are already starting. They've already, they're already past their prime. Um, and so what the, what they're trying to do is get across some of the things that define endurance races about like managing pace and stint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you can, for instance, if you do something called like lifting and coasting uh, where you are now taking your foot off the throttle and letting yourself natural des- naturally decelerate heading into a turn. It's slower, but if you're efficient with it, you don't necessarily be that much slower, mm-hmm. but you save yourself a lot of time where you're in like max revs, burning max fuel. Right. Um, that's not the most fun thing to do, but anyway, doing <laughs> it in, in, in this context, it means that you can, like, if you do that, you can like eke an extra lap, maybe, maybe two laps. But the trick is of course, don't drive so slow. Uh, that you that you're actually losing ground on the rest of the pack. 
anyway, some of these races are incredibly valuable, but I have yet to figure out like what are what's the balance of like cars and performance I need to do this. I've even figured out what my what my chariot is going to be mm-hmm. for these types of for these types of races. So I've been leaning more heavily on um some other races uh in in other series that are that don't have those exaggerated wear rates, but also have a decent enough payout where it can make uh it can get me a, a decent bag of credits uh towards the purchase of these cars. Which by the way I don't need these cars. Like it's it's meaning. Like, why do I want this car? I don't even yeah. know. I can't even tell you. It's just like the game's like because jingling the car key. It, yeah, because it's VIP only. Not everyone can buy it, so you have a chance. Why wouldn't you take that chance? No, it's just like <laughs> you want this. God. You want this. Look at it. V10 Porsche from 2004, and I'm like that. Like I have passed that car so many times. Not even competitive in the races where I see it, and I'm like, yes, I must have it. Uh, that's 2.3 million credits. Sure, I will dedicate my weekend to playing this game to do this. <laughs> and gotta catch uh, them all. So, Carmon. <laughs> the the other trick though is you can really bag some decent points with these higher payout races if you have a clean race, mm. Mm. and that means mm-hmm. don't smash anyone off the track. Don't Boo. like cut the track to overtake a position. Right. Boo. Right. I know, Kato. <laughs> I know. So but boring. Where it's not, it actually makes it way more interesting because now it's can I win this race? Absolutely. Can I win this race and get the 50% bonus if I just don't fuck with anyone? Like, can I win it like surgically? And most of the time I can, but it creates a really interesting dynamic of, so these cars are not competitive and like you should be able to, you should be able to easily pass them. But also now these are all cars that if you do not pass them cleanly could basically like light 50,000 credits on fire. Um, (laughs) And so like you're, you're dealing with that where it's like, I could net a, a, big chunk of cash toward this next purchase if i win this race cleanly uh if i don't do it it will be signi- it'll be significantly less um and that has actually made the sort of like grinding aspect of the game a little more interesting in terms of uh just having all like having to be that much more deliberate and considered with my driving um and yeah, and like it's it's the the other thing is the car modeling is just so freaking good. Uh it is like the differences in handling for the for these cars, the way that um different ones like respond to throttle where there's some cars where it's like a way to save the car is actually to stomp on the throttle and rev the engine and spin the wheels up and the rear torque will sort of cause the car to put, like skitter in a way that will save your ass where you'll be like, <laughs> I'm like, I am sliding off track and counterintuitively. I like, because I'm understeering, I'm just sliding toward a wall. What I actually need to do is jam on the throttle and like slew the car, like 10 degrees to the right, get off the throttle and then like feather it back. So I can start going like that. Fe- like this game gets those feelings. So mm-hmm. right. It's, it's incredible. 
But also now I'm on this treadmill of like, I just want my special cars. I just want my <laughs> special cars. And sadistically, uh, it is way more efficient. I think that I, I, I do question uh, the fact that by comparison, uh, multiplayer racing is less rewarding mm-hmm. because these races are hard. Um, and some of the constraints they put on them are frankly uh, frustrating. But the game incentivizes for my little collectathon, just go yeah. and grind my good races. Right. You know, like right. go on a circuit of like hit all these races, bag, you know, all these points, move on. Um, the thing it doesn't incentivize is hey, go play in this community with like really serious dedicated racing enthusiasts and stuff and like tear up to get to like the better races. Um, because you know, because that'd be exploitable and then people would get into lobbies and let one person win and it would be unfair. It's not what they want. No, you gotta, you gotta earn that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and the other <sighs> thing is gotta earn your fake funny money. <laughs> well, and, and also like, so some of the things too is like, I mentioned that abstract point value system where it's like car performance is judged by these performance points. And in a lot of the multiplayer races, they sort of have it set up so that the cars have to be roughly balanced. Hmm. But it's actually kind of not that that value system is an abstraction. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that sometimes the balance just like wildly favors one car over another where it's like, Hmm. I was racing on um the uh Catalonia circuit in Spain uh this this race the other day and like I took a Corvette uh a C7 Corvette onto it it's a for for made for modified for sports car racing um the number 3 Corvette and I swear to god it was just badly set up mm-hmm. like I was I was like the game was like here it's now this this car is performance balanced for this track and I could not turn a decent lap with it because like it just understeered like mm. uh, like a pig it was just like it was like driving <laughs> it was like driving an over let laden like shopping cart <laughs> on a racetrack and so everything i had to do like every single corner i had to break early and then just like crank the wheel over and implore like please make this turn <laughs> please. and meanwhile like people in uh like cars that were ostensibly performance matched are hitting these corners perfectly and i'm pretty sure the game's judgment was yeah but the corvette's got a really powerful engine it's fast in a straight line and it's like but it can't turn and this this corner this track is all turns i'm just i'm in a bad car mm-hmm. you know where it's like it's bad is it just didn't agree with me um but that's the other weird thing is like in their attempt to balance out some of these races some of these things feel so wrong based on how you can like custom tune these things in the single player to like i can like make that corvette perfectly reflect reflect my driving preferences on that track right right but then in multiplayer mode it's like here's what we think works and it just it straight up doesn't (laughs) uh and so I, i i come away with the suspicion where i'm like this is just porsche propaganda that's what this is this is just you are saying a porsche is a better car 
Wow. And okay, there's reams of data that also say a Porsche is a better <laughs> Porsche car. Porsche is a better but, car. But <laughs> in the conceit of this game, with this like per- balance of performance, ba- like uh, uh, like balancing, mm-hmm. that should not be the case. Um, and I think that that leads to people just getting frustrated um, and driving like complete assholes. Uh-huh. And- mm-hmm. Now, wait, could you could you wrap back around to that point, Rob? Who's um, people? Who's yeah? Other people <laughs> driving against me. Uh-huh. And what do those do other people do? They don't realize that with my superior prowess, uh-huh. um, that <laughs> I am going to overtake them. Uh-huh. And instead, they just don't know when to quit. Um, and instead, they take <laughs> us both out. They do, they do what? They take us both out. Oh, no. they, they take you they both cause how? a collision they cause a uh, collision how do they cause the collision rob by hitting me from they where hit you from where yeah um sometimes alongside <laughs> uh the side interesting while yeah. you're overtaking yeah <laughs> um, interesting very huh. occasionally from in front <laughs> um and then sometimes from behind uh, as they refuse to let me get, let go of the position. Um, you know, look, some of these are maybe debatable, um, but I think I think uh, I I think people. So I think there's something like because I I've, I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. I think. Sometimes you can drive way, way better when you have a car ahead of you that is sort of setting your pace and you're sort of judging yourself against that that car and like you're able like it, it sort of gives you a blueprint for a lap that you can follow. Mm. But I think sometimes when you're like when you think I can get that person, I absolutely start to make bad decisions because I'm like, if I could just accelerate a little faster out of this corner. So I start accelerating when you can't accelerate. Oh. And I'm just like, well, okay, now I'm going off the track, so I need to slow way down. Um, so I think there's there's a bit of that, but like I definitely was just down in the fucking muck and mire uh, in my races yesterday, where it was like I was be- okay. Like for instance, in that like really wildly understeery Corvette, I had to break early to make corners, right? Uh-huh. And people were piling into the back of me. Uh, because they were like, oh my God, I didn't expect him to break. And it's like, maybe they don't have to break that early, right? Maybe their car can make it from a later breaking point. But by this point in the race, I was like, if I don't start braking about like 50 meters before the braking zone, I am not going to get a good angle through that turn. I'm just not. And so that, that was causing people to like sort of like pinball me, uh, off the track. But then there were places where, you know, I, I see someone makes a mistake. Um, you know, they've, they've, they, they skid in a corner. They lost a ton of speed and they, they managed to save the car, but like now they're a sitting duck and I pull up alongside them. And now like I've got the better line in the, the next corner and we start going side by side through multiple corners. And it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. 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 But ultimately <laughs> I have the advantage here. They're fighting like, from their back footed, I have the better line in every corner. And at a certain point, they need to bail out. Mm-hmm. And instead of bailing out, they're like, I'm going to force this. And then we all just go off. And the entire, the <laughs> entire like rest of the field drives away. 
Um, oh. And then, you know, like the game tries to make it right by penalizing those people. I will say this. I'm not racking up penalty. Ren, you were wondering, how do I know I'm not? Uh, yeah. How do I know I'm a good boy? Uh, a, a most <laughs> sporting driver. Because the Gran Turismo robot, uh, like racing steward, decided mm-hmm. I was. When you fuck up in a multiplayer game, the game assigns penalties and you go through deceleration zones uh, where you will get like, I think like the the nuclear option is like a 10 second penalty where you hit this tripwire and you just lose the ability to send power to the engine for 10 seconds. I bet that makes people so mad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So fucking mad. Oh, my God. God, also, it's wildly inconsistent what effect it has because these zones are located at prejudged points on different circuits. There are some circuits where the penalty zone is not that bad, where like it sort of trips in a slower sector of the track. So like, yeah, you coast, but everyone is kind of like slowly negotiating a series of corners. So it's not that bad. But then there are races where it's like, you know, that long straight where you're supposed to build up the entire amount of speed you're going to carry for the rest of the lap not you you are going to we are just going to basically like kneecap you on this lap and you're just like in addition to the 10 seconds uh of like lack of acceleration you're going to lose about like 10 more seconds on this lap just because you never built up the right speed oh and People were getting assigned those penalties like right and left around me. But that doesn't help me because the penalty I was assigned was being punted off the track uh, and having to recollect my lap. And then like clockwork, now those people were angry. And so they would drive worse. And so it was like multiplayer racing was turning into the experience of like when you realize someone around you on like the highway is like just road rage incarnate. Right. And you're like, this person is making bad decisions and they are losing their shit. And I don't know what is the, like, you know, do I try to get away from them by running up the road and like, just leave them behind or do I let them pass and hope that, this bonkers behavior does not continue to like cause weird knock on effects that I have to deal with. Uh, Cause sometimes that person is like, you know, causing people slam on their brakes and, and do also create all sorts of chaos. But like playing multiplayer the other day had a, a strong sensation of like looking in your mirror and being like, I hope that person doesn't have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that was that. But in this case, they do have a gun <sighs> and the gun is their front bumper. Yeah. And, it's a car. The yeah. And the them sh- and them shooting it is just them being trash. <laughs> it's uh, just me. Does that, does that cat have a gun that's also the front bumper to a car? <laughs> we're not, we're not reverse engineering <laughs> SNL's Toon Sis, the driving cat. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, <sighs> The the problem is, I'm like, I am undeniably grinding for fake race cars, mm-hmm. and I don't need to. Like, mm-hmm. one, I've got plenty of awesome cars. Two, cars. if I really want to, I can slip that game at 20, you know, be like, hey, go buy me something nice. But instead, I'm like, I am not, I am not slipping this game anymore. Twenties, like, <laughs> no. no, no, I am stop not. It. 
none of the i don't care how special that shelby mustang is i am not giving it 60 dollars uh i'm not paying the game 60 dollars to buy that like awesome card yeah so in the in the in the haggerty branded uh car auction area that's where you get your your rare cars and your like historic racers low mileage um and like famous cars and those things can easily run like uh i think the most expensive i've seen was 12 million credits which comes to about 120 dollars yeah okay or or (laughs) you can earn it (laughs) you can earn that shit and that's what i'm here to do god i know i know and then and here's the other okay one last thing So is this going to get worse? Or it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Gran Turismo <laughs> has all these incredible, like old iconic racers. Uh-huh. What it does not have. Hold on. Is a rebut. What racers people? No, like cars, like, cars, cars, like cars. But I was like, like, could you pick a? Can you pick a? Are there driver stats? What I didn't. Well, realize, no. But no. So, what, but there actually, aren't. the reason I'm saying racers is because like a lot of what you find are like this is not this is not just a, like this is not a car model. Mm-hmm. This is like okay, this was the number two finishing car from the uh like Ford racing program in 1968. I see. I see. Uh and so it will be like lovingly detailed, have the driver's names sort of stenciled on it. Mm-hmm. Um and so like specifically it is like they are selling you not just like a model but also like the a specific car with a specific like story attached to it. Right. Um and and that's all cool. The thing the game doesn't have is places to race these things. Because the problem is that even the most shit hot racer from like 1972, like best car that you could make back then is still at the end of the day, a car from 1972. And so (laughs) it's engine is inefficient. It's suspension geometry is going to be out of date. Like all of it is just not going to be that competitive. And so like these like legendary cars, there's also this like brutal reality of like, if you enter it in a race, you're going to watch somebody in a souped up 2007 Volkswagen golf, just fucking undress you. (laughs) You're just going to be like, and then this like diesel powered motherfucker is just going to be like, and gone. Yeah. Because in like Uh 1972, it required a small army of like Italian men hand creating like giant engines, the size of like a dining room table. Yeah. To generate the amount of power that is in like a pickup truck today. <laughs> um Ugh. and so like but and and so the thing is as this awesome slate of like old historic cars and then there's like no historic racing in the game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So even like so the nicest like historic cars I have are just sitting in my virtual garage untouched yeah. because they're uncompetitive. Like Oh, so if you're, you're just a classic car guy, just like all the classic car guys in the world. <laughs> no, one of the historic <laughs> racing guy that exists, Kato. <laughs> there are historic categories of auto racing. As you can only do old cars made the yeah. old way. 
That's yeah. that's neat. That is neat. But that's not in Gran Turismo, despite the fact that they surface it every opportunity they get. Wow. Where it's like, here's a here's an awesome roadster from 1935. I'm like, that does look awesome. Unfortunately, all your races are for cars built after 2000. <laughs> so what do you expect me to do here? We've we've beautifully and lovingly modeled this piece of shit. <laughs> enjoy it and so you can create your own races you can be like okay i will create my custom historic car race Mm. but one these things are not as evenly like even among in their own era they're not evenly matched right some of these things are just like a different they 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 are contemporaries but they are not of a kind uh and then some of them are just like clearly broken within their own era which they're too they're too good uh, compared to their contemporaries mm. um and then top it off gran turismo stingy with the points you have from car from races you create yourself yeah, so even if i create my awesome you your own yes. and you're not earning it anymore so even though i'm trying to faithfully create my historic <laughs> racing league uh. with like you know old porsches and jaguars and all that stuff the game's like Okay, so you've created a beautiful, like, you know, 45-minute race mm. uh, around Spa uh, with nothing but, like, historic, challenging, engaging old drives. That's awesome. I'll give you, like, 50,000 credits for first place. <laughs> that sound right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it sounds right. That's what I'm going to give you. That's what I'm going to give you. That's what you're getting. You're here for the love uh, of the game. And like it's it's yeah. I'm so on that like I'm like I am. Like I am here for the love of the game. Like the the fucked up thing is Gran Turismo by by sheer hours played, mm-hmm. it's already my game of the year. Asked and answered, it's done. Like I play this game for like an hour every day since it's come out. But this part of the metagame and just the way it's constructed is like there, I think it's actually it's even less the grindiness of it. It is the fact that like the things you are grinding for are not necessarily interesting to play with unless you like sure. really go out of your way to create stages for them. Uh, but it's like, why should I be the one doing that? You know, like you're right. the ones who you're the ones who like lovingly scanned every detail of these cars into this game. Uh, why didn't you create cool like competitions for them? Maybe further down the line is, is it, is it going to be continued to be updated? Yeah, I mean, so that's a good point. I don't know what the full roadmap is, but I will say like they just released like an entire new track, um, mm. and some new cars to go with it. Um, mm. and it's it's like not a minor track. They they uh released Watkins Glen, uh, which is like maybe a definitely like a top. I would say it's a top five uh, circuit in the United States. It's a, hmm. it's a, it's a great place in uh, Western New York. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a great track. They, they release some new cars. Um, it's, it's all incredible stuff. Um, but that's also, you know, since it's come out, that's been the biggest new addition. Right. Uh, and I don't know, like there are, when you compare it to the roster of circuits that exist in um, like, forza 7 it's a little bit lacking and the other weird thing is there are a ton of small little circuits that are in gran turismo 7 that you just never race on again after the opening hours 
no. like tiny little places where it's like here you can take uh little like family hatchbacks uh around a <laughs> tiny like one mile oval uh-huh and it's like well okay but nothing else will ever race on that because a one mile oval is ridiculously small for anything uh that has any sort of speed so it, right. it's just it's it's dead it's basically a velodrome at that point um so yeah i mean that's that's the other weird thing is, yeah basically a velodrome jesus <laughs> yeah i have to i have to Rock. speak the truth i'm here to i'm here to be honest a topless motorsport park can get fucked uh that's that's what i have to say and i appreciate that honesty we need I, it these days that's my promise uh, to you. you. Uh, that ended up being a longer rant on GT7 than I really intended. But what can I say? The spirit <laughs> of Motorsports Monday. Uh, yeah. Just I was overcome with it. Um, I need to cool down. I need to re- recenter myself. So we're going to take a break. Mm. Uh, you're going to listen to some ads. And we're going to come back. And we have some more uh, question bucket for you. Yummy. After this. Munch, munch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Uh, so we called. You responded. Uh, people have been sending in uh, more little droplets for the for the question bucket. More little queries. Uh, more little wonderings, musings. Uh, occasionally right. answers. All of these have been sort of uh, falling down the water spout into the question bucket. <laughs> How many ponderings have we gotten? Um, okay, we're a little light on ponderings. A little uh, light on ponderings. You know, I it's not, it's I not a preponderance. No, it's okay. It's hey, listen, it's all right. We didn't make any promises about what would be in the bucket. We just asked for people to put stuff in there. And I never listen. I don't. I don't need a specific amount of ponderings. I just wanted to know if we had some. Uh, so let's see. To pick up a couple threads from last week, uh, we uh, we got a couple more details about just ways we get up our home carbonation and home home water game you know you gotta you gotta have that good water Mm -hmm. jacob writes dear waypoint in your big schlorp it was mentioned about making custom mineral water and soda streams i'd like to introduce you to something niche alert there is a practice within some coffee fanatics that because of how drastically the minerals in your water can alter the taste of coffee of buying distilled water and mineral packets to customize your coffee flavor. Oh, my God. Companies like go Third Wave Water offer distilled water and mineral packets to supposedly get ideal brewing conditions. If you search Reddit, you will see others who have gone the extra mile of bulk buying distilled water and making their own mineral mixes to suit their preferences. In the past, this has been used for 
the world largest the world's largest coffee tasting events uh, so everyone taking part we're getting the same mineral waters so they can supposedly all taste the same thing uh while this is something absolute that while this is absolutely something i would never do i can't help but admire the extreme some people will go to for a damn fine cup of coffee thanks jacob How do we feel about this? <laughs> I'm I am stewing. <laughs> you aren't a little curious though. No, I am. That's why I'm stewing. <laughs> <laughs> because they mentioned something, and your brain went didn't go. That's bullshit. It went, huh? <laughs> I just I can't get out of my head. Like sometimes you do just go to a place and you're like, damn, this is really good water. What's going on here? This is I don't know. It's doesn't taste the same when I get home. Pipes are different. Yeah, Filters, filtration. There's so many other steps. That's right, Kato. <laughs> there are so many other things in the like in the like pipeline between like the water source and you that make the entire thing questionable. And yet, uh, I'm like, man, it'd be cool to have like a little directory of mineral balances uh, to sort of throw in near water. That could be quite something. Yeah. And then imagine creating mineral balances that don't exist in nature. Oh my god. Wow. Oh no. Rob Rob This is too Rob, much power to play Rob, with. Don't suggest it. It's do it's like what if what would this it is be not like? The Lord's water? What would it be like if the water you collected the base of the dolomites were also a little bit like the water emerging from a spring in Fiji, let's say. Mm. Uh just in like incredible combinations. We need to know. Uh, Do we think okay, it would so, actually affect coffee, though? I feel like coffee is so... Yes. I don't know. It's so strong. Yes. 1,000% yes. The most minute variations in, like, temperature and, like, and like pressure will drastically change a shot of espresso. Right. But do you taste the water? I mean, I guess if you have really, 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 no, like, because, serious I think, I think heavy right. water... Like, if you control for everything else, I think it will make a difference. Yeah. But, but I think more noticeable will, more noticeable will be what oil residues were left on your grinder. Mm. And until mm. you, you know what I mean? It's like, once you're at this level, it's like, okay, well now you're basically sterilizing <laughs> the entire like coffee workflow. Right. Right. But if you do that, it might all make a difference. So you're, are you suggesting that one should buy these mineral, make, use the mineral, the special mineral water for the washing of the, the all of the coffee utensils as well? Only? No, 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 no. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I am just saying, like, I, like, I certainly notice that one thing that will, like, really mute a lot of the difference between the coffees I get is if I haven't cleaned the grinder out in a bit. Right. Like, it's all going to start to taste like. Yep, that's coffee. Not bad, <laughs> but like the the fact that like you the burr grinder I think has enough notes. like oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like it's like that all the way down, where it's it's like the water source is going to matter, the condition of the grinder is going to matter. Like it's just it, like one gets vertigo when one contemplates all these. Like Ren, how do you handle it? I mean. Uh, the honest answer is that at some point you kind of just like have to, the, the thing that I need to do is I need to get a bunch of other objects 
to help me to help me because like a thing that I've noticed is that my particular coffee uh, when I'm like brewing a shot of espresso uh, when I tamp it uh, the thing is that when you grind coffee into the thing it is not like it may look evenly distributed Mm -hmm. But unless you actively like stir that shit up like a a, yeah. a little whiskey guy, you gotta, you if you don't put a little whisk in there, you then you are whisk. not right. Exactly, you have to like make sure everything flattens out and like nice and smooth. And like a certain point, it comes down to feel, right? Like it is yeah. like okay, cool. I don't know if I'm applying exactly twenty pounds of pressure when I tamp this down, but I have an idea of what 20 pounds of pressure might feel like here. Yeah, one of those clicky ones. Do those work? I, I used to use one of those. where like Clicky ones? Well, basically, the handle of it has like a little... Uh, imagine like a key a key switch, except that you only feel the, uh, the like... Um, what's it called? The little bump on a key switch, on a keyboard switch. Mm-hmm. The like tactile response. You only feel right. you feel a little tactile response once you've pushed at that amount of pressure down. And uh interesting. Yeah. So like when I had a job, I didn't really have to guess that. It was like as soon as it clicked, it's like you you pushed hard enough. Good job. Then I stopped pushing. Interesting. I've heard I- I've heard uh wildly different uh opinions on whether or not they're actually reliable <laughs> okay well now you that's you should have led with that <laughs> i don't know i mean i feel like it makes sense right like it, it's 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 as long as the the little clicky thing is calibrated correctly to only click when i've exerted the right amount of pressure right in my it's mind just, it's like this this yeah this should work <laughs> we've gotten to let me tell you about this cool gadget that might be sh- <laughs> Well, I don't know because I haven't used one in a very long time, and who knows? Maybe there's other better technologies at this point. Yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to up my rig. I did see um, someone say thing. that the the amount of pressure is actually bullshit, which I think that is that's that, that, is that seems wrong to me. That person is lying. <laughs> that is that is. I can I can test that in my kitchen right yeah. fucking now. Yeah. I can see whether or not it's pulling a correct shot and if I apply too much pressure it is not going to pull a correct shot. Yeah, that's what I thought. It seems odd, but they made some sort of argument about the pressure in the machine is more important than the pressure you put on it and some I don't know. I don't I don't have I don't have I don't have access to one. I haven't had access to one in a while, so I couldn't test it myself. Ren, Ren, you you can report back. Try try a little light. Try, try a little light tamp as a treat. Just a little tap. After <laughs> after this podcast, I will I will walk to the coffee shop that is two feet from my apartment. I will uh-huh. walk in there and I will say, one, give me a cup of coffee, please. Thank you. <laughs> two, please also hand me a bag of coffee beans. And I will walk back to my apartment and I will record myself pulling two shots. And release it when this podcast releases. That is the most wrong thing I've ever heard. I'm I'm livid. <sighs> you heard it here well, first, folks. Don't believe everything you hear on TikTok. You heard it on TikTok again. <laughs> I don't you mother. You mother. Some people on TikTok know what they're talking about, and some people fucking don't. <laughs> you you. You can't keep getting away with this. <laughs>
Uh, okay, so this next one, I'm curious to be able to use this because to me this looks exact. Like this, this doesn't look that special. Um, hang on, let me just look up real quick. Huh. You, uh, who would review something like this? Wire cutter, of course, would probably do that. Yeah. Uh, but also maybe. Oh well, hold on, hold on. That looks credible. Uh, maybe consumer reports. See um, what the what the Myberg family has to say about this. Uh, consumer reports. Sorry, I'm now just shopping. Sorry. Uh huh. In, in, I hope you all enjoying the show. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are we shopping so for? This is, but this is all brought on by an email from Chris. Uh, Chris writes after the last question bucket. I'm writing to inform Robin Cotto that there is, in fact, a middle path between building your own soda maker and using an overpriced, underperforming soda printer. I think printer's the wrong word here. Soda printer made on stolen Palestinian land. I give you the <laughs> drink, mate. Uh, Idrinkproducts.com is made by a small company in America, and it's dead simple. It uses standard 60-liter CO2 canisters, uh, which are only like a foot long and a like, which are only like a foot and a half long and a few inches wide, and purely mechanical design to carbonate water. Hook up a bottle, push button, CO2 comes out, liquid gets bubbly. Once a cylinder runs out, you can exchange it with Drinkmate or just about anyone else since they're an industry standard design. And since it's purely mechanical, you can control your own level of carbonation. You don't need to plug it into a new power outlet. Uh also, the nozzle is removable, and you can run water through it to clean it out. That means you're not limited to water with this thing. You can carbonate anything. Fruit juice, entire cocktails, cold brew coffee, whatever. You can even be a huge dumbass and carbonate some milk just to see how it tastes. It's bad without doing any permanent harm to your nozzle. It's also pretty small and easy to store when not in use. My only complaint is it comes with a single one liter bottle, which I almost never use. I bought a few of their half liter bottles instead, which keep which I keep in my fridge filled with water and carbonate as needed. I have no relationship to this company, but this thing rules, so I'm pretty enthusiastic about it. Uh, so did everyone go to the appo- the appointed site? Idrinkproducts.com. Here, let me hook you up. Idrinkproducts.com. <laughs> Rado? I was trying to say Rob, and then uh, Kato started talking, and my brain got crossed, and so Rado came out. <laughs> Ooh, you can you can sign up and be a Drinkmate VIP. Oh, are they headquartered in Michigan? I, these people get better and oh, better. God damn it! This looks just like a Soda Stream. Is the thing, which I it mean, does. fair. Like Soda Stream is a good design. There's a reason they're like kind of market leaders. Um, Eco friendly. I mean, maybe carbonation is the is the carbon sink the planet Earth needs. <laughs> that that math checks out, right? The carbon cycle can be like we pull it out of the atmosphere and I put it in my drinks, right? Definitely, right. and then definitely, it disappears definitely. forever because it's Ever. gone into gone. your body. Yeah, gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just. <laughs> it never comes out. You ever seen Akira? Uh, anyway. Ah. <laughs> uh. What's my carbon sequestration plan? Uh, Canada! <laughs> That's all! Jesus oh. Christ. Hey, look, this is a, this was an also great pick from Wirecutter. Um, hmm. Yeah. Also great. 
you know, I think I think we might like this. This seems like we might uh, have a have an option here because um, l- look, it's probably too late for me. I'm probably stuck with SodaStream for a while because uh, uh-huh. mine's perfectly good. And like at this point, I'm just buying CO2 canisters. Uh, but but for for people looking to take that next step, I mean, the thing is, like for my my next step is going to be probably the the absurd home carbonator yeah with the data about matching the exact uh specs of different waters from around the globe of course that's that's probably where i'm going next i'm excited for this for this (laughs) for this phase i mean is that is that gonna be one of our next streams bill rob builds a (laughs) carbonator i worry that that might be the sort of thing where they might actually want some insurance Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is that uh, someone someone did uh, DM me on Twitter. Um, I don't respond to my Twitter DMs generally, but thank you for the for the heads up about this, um, where basically they were like, here's a here's a home rig you can set up that you basically just have to know how a first robotics company pneumatic system works. Like, if you've worked with one of those, you're fine. And folks, I have. So I may be I may be considering doing that within the confines of my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think this is my like that's that's where we're headed. Like as soon as if but you know, I just have so little kitchen space. Yeah. Oh, 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 you have little kitchen sp- well. Yeah. A fuck off from New <laughs> Greetings from New York. Fuck you. B look at this. Look at this little gadget. Look at this handheld device. I don't trust this little guy. It's a gun blade? I don't don't (laughs) trust this little guy. It's a gun blade? I was looking at the frequently asked (laughs) questions on idrinkproducts.com, and one of the frequently frequently asked questions is, what is the Drinkmate spritzer? And it's this little this little fella. I don't trust him. What's happening? <laughs> I wouldn't What's... I wouldn't let him watch the my The Drinkmate Spritzer mm-hmm. is a portable carbonated water maker that you can use outdoors. You can take I this don't. with you. You can have carbonation on the go. You ever go camping and you're just like, "Damn, I wish I had some carbonated water." Well, now you can. <laughs> Carbonate virtually any man. drink. Wine, tea, cocktails, juice, and water. Imagine the life sorry. of the party you would be. Sorry, Just, sorry. Tea? Yeah. Carbonated tea? Is that yeah. a thing people are doing? Absolutely. You don't like fizzy tea? I like fizzy when tea. When would I have interacted with fizzy tea? You ever have kombucha? I don't know. I, I mean, yes, I have, but that's why I, <laughs> that's why I don't like interacting with fizzy teas because kombucha happened to me at the old Geo Media offices when mm-hmm. I worked at Kotaku. They had a <laughs> they had two taps. One of Excuse them was me? cold brew Please coffee. No. Please the other no. Was kombucha. <laughs> what the fuck? What? They had kombucha okay, on who was tap? the kombucha fanatic they had that the made kombucha that happen? On how did that fucking grift happen? Um, it was ta- it was me, I guess. I made them do it because <laughs> I would be um, I would be the motherfucker at that at that shit every ten minutes. Give me some why? more of that booch. Free kombucha. We Fuck. cannot, Kata. We cannot. Hey, we're gonna have to have a, a work chat about the phrase. <laughs> Give me some of that booch. <laughs> That's 
sweet, sweet boobs. This, this is actually how Ka- <laughs> this is actually the secret to how Kato ends up being a scab for Go Media. <laughs> oh uh, God! It's just crossing the picket. Like, hey, they got they can't they got- be all bad. Uh, they got that booch. <laughs> they got that free booch. What, what, oh. Why are you guys all complaining? Look at this. <laughs> But just imagine being the sort of person who who's got that little soda spritzer, just like jam your waistband, a little yeah. gun, being like, <laughs> "Yeah, you never know when well, you just gotta like be ready to pull and be like, we need to make a party happen right now." Yeah, and someone's boring beverage gets soda spritzed. <laughs> Thank then God becomes, you were here. Then it becomes a little prank where it's like, "I'm gonna spritz your beverage without you." I, I, you walk away, and I come over, spritz, spritz. Yeah. Now, now, now this, now this is good. Carbonated. Uh, you got carbonated, bitch. And everyone's like, "This is awesome. This is a good time. I'm glad you were here. I'm really glad you carbonated that person's hot coffee. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! It was really cool that you did that. But just kidding. Carbonating a hot beverage wouldn't work very well. You know because what? Carbonated, carbonated beverages need to be kept at a cold temperature. Fucking got you, nerds. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I had prepared that for my baby so that I could feed my baby lunch. I'm like, well, now, uh, now it's gonna be an awesome little cocktail. Carbonated your baby food, you don't. (laughs) Anyway, I think this is good. This seems like a good alternative to uh, to Soda Stream. The one thing I will note, though. Mm. Is there is a there's a little thing that uh, is in the roundup from um, Consumer Reports. They rate these things on ease of use, consistency, cap, and icing. What the hell is icing? What the, f- what the fuck, fuck is icing? icing? Oh, uh, higher scores mean little to no ice forms on the gas injection nozzle. Oh, hmm. yeah, I've seen that happen. That happened to my old. Uh, soda stream a lot actually is like a little ice crystal would build up there but cap is how easy it is to open and avoid spilling when bottles under high pressure uh the consumer reports note on this is not encouraging uh for instance it's cap sometimes popped off during our high pressure test spilling seltzer everywhere and while we found this push button unit generally very easy to use its results weren't consistent that's in part because the drink mate also tended to ice up during carbonation. Okay, but they got good results carbonating apple juice. Damn. Ooh. Fizzy apple juice. Fizzy apple juice. But unfortunately, I think I think uh I found my next carbonator right here. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's this is inevitable. What if Is it going to have leather on it? No. <laughs> no, oh, but it please. will but it will be from William Sonoma. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> got it. It's copper. It's copper. It's okay, co- cool. it's copper. Or you can it's, get it, it in is. brass. Wait, what what kind of metals can we get this? Copper, brass, black white, chrome, matte. Black, black. I'm sure these are all great high quality finishes that won't like yeah. scratch and wear away shockingly fast. Oh my uh, god, this brass finish is is Beautiful. It's, it's, uh, yeah, sure. Hammerton Gray. Slightly uh, hammered See, metal. It's look. called Hammerton because it's got the hammered finish. Yeah. Look. Yeah. It's important you add the word look in there. Look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a hammered finish. It's a hammered finish look. 
I think that could be beautiful. I think it's giving and- hammered finish. <laughs> Serving hammered finish. <laughs> uh yeah, and it's rated as the best showpiece soda maker. And you know, like best in my tiny showpiece. little kitchen. In my tiny little kitchen with God. like space at a premium, if oh someone's gonna live out God. there, it's gotta look fancy. People gotta be like, oh my goodness, that is exquisite. Just put it on your just put it on a table. Welcome hi, welcome to my kitchen, which is a little hovel. Um and please gaze upon my my centerpiece, which my is Arca this premium carbonator. My brass carbonator. I love it. I think you know what? Yeah, that's 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 a winner. Uh, so we also got an email from Alex in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, it comes with a visual aid. So let me just pull that for y'all. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. All right. What? As a few member of the pods are, I am also playing through Neon White. This is going to connect to the pizza picture. Don't worry. (laughs) It won't, but there's going to be a segue. Okay. Patrick was wondering how they came to define times for the medals. After performing particularly well on a few levels, I noticed a new medal. It's a picture of Mikey, the character that gives you your assignments and lists a particular time. After researching this, I learned that one time is achieved by one of the devs, Torah Horse. It seems that Neon White used this as a benchmark uh, as to where to place the ace medal and below. The Verge also interviewed the creator and they discussed using speedrunners, but finding their times a little intimidating for average players. Now, on to pizza. Back when y'all were discussing your own <laughs> methods for uh, at-home pizza cooking, it made me want to chime in with my strategy. When cooking pizza, it is a race to get the dough as cooked as possible before the cheese begins to burn. This is the point of a pizza stone or steel. You want to place your dough onto a hot surface to minimize the amount of time needed to get that wonderful leopard pattern. I simply use a pizza round. Place it in your oven uh, when preheating, and boom, you've got a hot place for your pizza to land. To further this strategy, I preheat my oven to 500. Then when the pizza goes in, crank that sucker to its max 550. This ensures the oven is as hot as possible while cooking the pizza. With these techniques, I've been able to craft a wonderful at-home pie. Hope this makes hope this helps y'all in your future pizza baking endeavors. See attached for one of my homemade pizzas. Thanks so much for the streams and pods. Can't wait to see can't wait to see what y'all have cooking up for us. Alex from Tacoma. That is a pretty pizza. I'll get, a, I'll, I will I will set. I can't I like tell. That. Is that basil? That looks like basil. I hope it's basil. What, I we, hope what, it's basil. What what do you think of why are you Kato, doing that? Why are you like this? What are you doing, Kato? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. It didn't give me the immediate like uh feel of basil. And I thought, is that is that spinach? Is that just like No. Like lettuce? No. What is no. no. Maybe what? just maybe the scale, maybe my the scale is just okay, throwing listener, me off. Listener, I need you to understand. <laughs> I feel the like the way Kato phrased that might have sounded alarming. <laughs> It's just little green basil leaves on top of a beautifully browned and crisp pizza. Something about the scale is throwing me off, and I can't quite put my finger on what. We are looking at one of the most normal photos of a pizza I've ever seen. <laughs> and, I, no. and I, It doesn't feel like basil. I hope it's basil. Listen to right back in. Tell us if it's basil or not. You know what? You know what, Kano? <laughs> I think 
you just sense that these this basil is chopped up with kitchen shears. Some, I don't know. It something's wrong. Something yeah. something's wrong. Okay. I don't know what's happening. I'm scared. Well, <laughs> becoming a value judgment on this no, pizza. No, no, I, I didn't mean wrong in that nice. way. Wrong as in like I feel I feel wrong. I don't know why I feel wrong looking at this pizza. I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's totally just normal basil. But my brain decided that, no, today you must think this something is weird about this pizza. (laughs) The one thing I can't quite... like I I get used to it. I, I, I deal with it. But I will say my heart is always in my mouth when I am shoveling like a pizza into a blazing hot oven onto a hot surface Mm -hmm. because it's like it needs to come off um the little uh gosh what do you what's the thing called the little shovel you use the pizza shovel yeah you know what i mean yeah i think everyone has an image of what a pizza shovel is in their mind but like it's it's gotta come off yeah yes because if it doesn't if that if that dough gets a little stuck on it now you're standing there at a blazing hot oven yeah. trying to dismount this fucker. Toppings are going everywhere. Maybe you're even like breaching the crust. Uh, and it's just a nightmare, right? So it's yeah, got like this, this is the part where it always goes like it has to go perfectly or all hell breaks loose. And that always makes me nervous. And I think this is why I've gravitated towards like um, like granny, granny style, like granny pies uh, in recent years. Because that you just like put it in the cookie sheet. And it's it's kind of like you can't it can't miss. Right. It's just it's going to be fine. Uh, but like doing a pizza like this uh, where it's like sort of stretched and like uh, like tossed by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the part where you put it into the preheated oven always feels fraught. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, I think this is why I don't make good pizzas, I guess. I feel like I can't. Uh, I don't have a pizza uh, shovel, I guess. So I'm always putting it in on a thing first and then putting it in. Yeah. And yeah, they're right. It's not as good as if it had hit solid, like, you know, a stone or a metal that's been preheated. But, I don't but have also, space for it's that in fine. my life. Yeah, well, okay. so you can use the back of a cookie sheet. The back of? Like, so flip yeah. it upside down? Yeah. Hmm. It's wider yeah. than your, like, unless you buy, like, a like a uh, like fancy yeah. piece of shovel that's, like, huge, which, again, storage problems. Right. Um. But, like, you can use the back of a cookie sheet. The problem like then is mistake. now the transfer gets even more harrowing. Yeah. Because now you basically <laughs> have to, like, rug pull your pizza onto another hot surface from this um, cookie sheet. That can yeah. be a little bit intense. Wait, That's why don't a, you? It all use, sounds dangerous. Why don't you put the pizza on the stone, but then they use the cookie sheet as a kind of scoop, what? as a kind of as a as a kind of pizza grabbing scoop that is not itself heated. Wait, what? Well, it's the it's the part where you put the pizza into the oven. That's this. This is all getting tricky. Oh. How do you get the pizza on the stone? You have to you have built put- it before. You've you've stretched it out. You've built it. You've assembled your pizza. Now you need to get that round pie. Onto right. the heated surface without fucking it up. That's where we get. That's where the antsiness comes in. Yeah. I I need a I need a real 
Maybe a real little little pizza shovel. What are those called? Do they have a name? God, what's a pizza shovel called? I'm sure. I'm it asking exists. Google. P- pizza shovel. Peel. A peel. A peel. A peel. Yes. yes. Famed horror director Peel. Yeah, it's a pizza peel. Pizza peel. Yeah. How do you spell that? Like P E E P E E. Well, this is what I'm wondering. Okay. Could could have a different name, different different meaning. But no, this is yeah. literally two peel pizzas. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my god. Why does this cost what it costs? What what cattle are you looking at? I'm looking. I just this is one of the Google results when I put in pizza peel. Oh well, I mean this that's is... your first loss. Okay, Webstron store. Yeah, that's I mean Webstron store has uh yeah, I mean <laughs> forty nine. Well I think I think uh, you didn't need to go with oh, the fifty nine inch handle, Kato. I found a really nice one. Yeah, let me do at a twenty three and a half inch handle, it's only hundred thirty eight ninety nine each. Fifty nine. Oh, I see. Fifty nine inch handle. <laughs> That's still pricey. It's not a significant enough price difference. Yeah, I feel better about the seventy dollar peel. Uh, uh, excuse me, the what? The sixty nine dollar. Thank you. Uni Thank appropriated you. Nice. piece of peel. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing I feel cool. like these are all lying about is like ah, oh, it's textured and it's got like things. Well, I'll make it easier for the pizza to slide on and off, and that's just not true. None it's of that's lies. true. <laughs> like the thing you're gonna be is just like just like baptizing this thing in cornmeal and just being like please with enough like of a of a jerk at the end. Please let everything just di- like just slide off smoothly. Yeah, don't stick. Um, don't stick. Yeah, that's that's me. I I am I am scared of I'm scared of this part of the pizza making process. Um, I love how it goes. So there's these all you know expensive. There's a three hundred and forty nine one here, but Bed Bath and Beyond's got you, baby. Simple essential bamboo pizza peel, ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna go get a pizza peel. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> I feel That's like easy. I, I feel like mine might be from Bed Bath and Beyond, or it might be from oh, yeah. Macy's. Either way, it was. But is it? Wooden? But you know what got me? Huh. I was like, it was a really no, 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 no. It was um, fuck. It was like someplace in the mall. But the point is, it was like, it was like one tier below Williams Sonoma, which is still pretty mm. big dip in terms of like prices. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, and that's good because who needs to pay this much? Yeah. But I got one that I was like, this is cute. It's like a little pizza peel with like a rotating handle so it could fold up in store like really small. Oh. Yeah. Let me tell you how many time like how many uh uses that hinge held up uh oh. before the entire thing came on. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, that'll, that'll yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. So I mean it's still a perfectly good pizza peel. It's just now sort of been retrofitted uh with like a uh like washer and nut on the other side uh so that the rotation function no longer uh the entire thing is sort of pinned in place um <laughs> and now it's just a good little pizza peel uh but the whole like oh it just breaks down in stores really really small nope now it's just now it just hangs out fully yeah fully grown is it is so it's hey. like uh it's a conversation piece now it's a decoration 
conversation pizza peel. Yeah, that's yeah. You walk into Rob's uh, kitchen and you see on the table the brass soda stream and then a uh, haphazardly riveted uh, or haphazardly. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 haphazardly. <laughs> Sorry. <What? laughs> well, we had a good run. <laughs> you said you said uh, you said it was uh, held together by what? You said a um, a screw and a nut. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you can see what I almost said. Yeah. 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 I think we, we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got caught on that kind of. Um, but you see those two cool objects. Is that what's in Rob's inventory when he walks around the town? Yeah. In his in Rob's adventure game. <laughs> Ready to make a pizza or carbonate some liquid at any moment. Well, and the thing it like can carbonate anything, really. Carbonated pizza dough. <laughs> what you... I don't think I'm skeptical I think... of <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, realistically, it's all car. You know, it's all carbonated, right? Like it's right. leavened. It's, it's got yeah. the. That's yeah. that's how the bubbles come up. That's how the yeah. little air pockets happen. Yeah, because the the bacteria eat. They have a little feast. They eat. They eat and, and then they you fart. feast. Yep. And then and then you get delicious pizza. Um. Boy, I don't know that I see the connective tissue between this email and uh, what we were talking about the other day. I'm, you know what? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell you about all about this and then you tell me what you make of it. Cuz mm. this to me looks like just a project that it looks just too it, lo- it looks too much. But uh Schwa writes, hi, folks, current grad student here who loved the Homeworld series back in the day and still occasionally boots up the re-release of Homeworld 2 so I can dogfight Vagir Raiders and hide from still active uh, progenitor derelicts. I feel at least like Patrick and Rob had some positive memories about the long path through the stars that brought the exiles from the burning. Did Patrick have memories? Is this a pat? I don't feel like it. Okay, Patrick's not here. Look, <laughs> Homeworld is not a Patrick Klepek style game. Wow. Okay. Wow. Like he may have he may have flirted with it briefly in his youth, but I assure you, he did not. He did not continue the journey. Uh, that's just that's just not who Patrick is. Um, and I and I can say that because I think Patrick and I like we see each other as we are. Uh huh. And there's no pretense. And I can and I can say without being like sort of dismissive dismissive or condescending Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. uh, that this is just frankly over Patrick's head. (laughs) God damn it. A friend who clearly would like me to fail out of school pointed me in the direction of Angels Fall First on Steam this week. My interaction with the name was o- with with that name was over 2 decades ago when it was a total conversion for Homeworld 2 that completely rebalanced the factions and brought a lot of zero g physics into the fleet battles. Mm. It was amazing, it was beautiful. It had no single player campaign or AI skirmish play to speak of and the community were operating on a level I could never hope to compete with. Well, the dedicated and saintly team at Strangely Interactive have taken care of all of that, have taken all of that expertise at Fleet Combat Design and made Angels Fall First into a standalone product with a full single with full single player campaign play and multiplayer offerings that allow you to command battleships and frigates, pilot individual interceptors and bombers, and even take part in boarding actions as 
a first-person shooter. This is Star Citizen, Schwa. What? What are we doing here? <laughs> All against the backdrop of homeworld-style massive fleet battles against uh, against the backdrop of an impossibly old galaxy filled with the ancient relics of civilizations we will never comprehend. Did I mention there is a full ground game as well as atmosphere craft, dropships, tanks, and of course infantry action to infiltrate and take control of enemy installations basically everything that was good about the original star wars battlefront the added benefit of game complexity stronger than sit on the capture point and click on heads till you earn the chance to play a hero wow really just just really dismissive of an entire um, genre yeah, to I be mean, quite frank battlefields was a good game yeah battlefield you, you 2 mean landing headshots come on the right. multiplayer servers are sparsely populated as the game seems to be languishing in early access since 2015. But wouldn't this be an amazing experience for the Waypoint crew to try out? I'd love to hear about Fleet Admiral Rob or Clan Zotsny directing Patrick, Ren, and Kato Stryker from the Bridge of the Destroyer. If you need me, I'll be giving into astonishment as I spam the fire button on the bridge of my Ion Lancer frigate as often as the game will let me. Fuck capitalism and report to Fleet Command. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at some of these videos, and I I don't know where the. I think it might be in the FPS sections is where the the the, the gap is because there's usually a gap somewhere, right? It's like either the ships don't feel right, but you've got a really solid FPS part, or the the FPS part is kind of eh, okay, and the uh, the ships are are. are really I see fun no homeworld in this. I don't know homeworld well enough to I assume it's homeworld inspired. Yeah, but like that's an RTS where you like command fleets and like you move the ships around. The, the it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like but according to the to the to the the question ask question sender, the the home world was in in the world building was in the type of I, place. Yeah, but that's but, I mean I don't know that's ancient. I'm seeing fleet ancient, battles here. Yeah, I'm watching a video of this video game and I am seeing fleet battles. I am seeing boarding ships in space. Yeah, no, I definitely get the the Battlefield 2 comparison of like, oh, like you're flying around, you're fighting, dogfighting other spaceships, but then also yeah. then you can go inside and fight on foot in order to do other objectives, which was, I mean, that shit was fucking sick. Battlefield 2 on PlayStation 2 was one of my favorite games. Not the other one. What's the, what's the other one? It's also Battlefield. Right. Uh, Battlefront 2. Yeah. It's just different. <laughs> just, but just different year. Yeah. They just stopped doing They just God. stopped. Yeah. It's just merciless now. Uh, that's because there's no new ideas. They just reboot things and file off uh, the sequel numbers. Uh, wait. Wait. Yeah. Rob, uh, are you looking at the Steam page right now? Yeah. In that first video, go to. One sec. Sorry. I'm trying to see the exact timestamp. One minute and ten seconds in. One minute and ten seconds. Ah. Huh. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, what? What is happening here? Okay. However. <laughs> so are those all meant to be players you're commanding? 
know their AI or players. Oh, so wow. for example, there's a group. So if you go to a minute and 12 seconds, uh, you see on a tack map, uh, a character who is highlighted, which is AI marquee. Uh, so that is an AI named marquee, but you can also send players in those squads. Oh my God. Look at how many people you can command. New command received. Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, so this is clearly, this has been abandoned, right? No. It had an update last month. Yeah, June 11th, update hotfix, update 28, hotfix 1. It's been, it's been a... Been a month? Been a month, but like, when this thing came out in 2015, like, I'll I'll give them a month, I guess. Hmm. It was a full year... Between update twenty seven and update twenty eight, the the last the two major updates before that were a full year apart, right? But they're still working on it. It seems. Look, they had a Christmas event in twenty nineteen. That was a while ago, Kato. (laughs) Give him a little Christmas hat. COVID didn't. Well, I mean, it existed obviously uh, by definition, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing, Rob. Yeah. We don't need to. We don't need there to be other people. It can just be us. Yeah. It can just be us against the full AI support. All AI. All scenarios can be played both offline and online identically, supporting up to sixty-four players or bots filling in for the players if required. I am so. <laughs> This is so like, I feel like there's so many variations on this on this idea of like, wouldn't it be awesome if you have like big space battle game with like fucking boarding actions and like landing on the planet and like fleets and dogfights and man, like making it all fit together uh, and making it all be fun and good is is a tall order. But I mean, shit, you know, we could we could take a look. I love nothing more than an interesting failure. Yeah, I think we got. And if that's and if that's skies. what this game turns out to be, I'll consider even that a dub. <laughs> I'd love for it to be good, but if it's an interesting failure, I consider that an equally big dub. All right. Well, I think we we're gonna have to we'll, we will have to investigate this Angels Fall first uh, <laughs> situa- situation. Get to the bottom of it. Um, figure out if 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 that idea uh bore any fruit uh, i'm curious if some of the hard sci-fi angles also made it in like are the, is there any sort of newtonian quality to the physics that would be something um because that's historically always been a place where these things break down is that's really hard to make intuitive for people uh mm-hmm. and even harder to design an ai to competently navigate uh so i'd be curious if if that uh came in came in play as well uh well i think that that gives us that gives us much to consider uh we'll we'll have to we'll, we'll have to contemplate the the angels fall first situation and maybe launch a waypoint investigation uh <laughs> i think that will do it for today's podcast um that was another that was another hearty draft uh you know that we 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 pulled a nice we we pulled a nice shot from the question bucket. Yeah. And uh remember you can And send then we us- carbonated that shot. Immediately. We did with our soda spritzer. 
with a long sip. Yeah. <laughs> I got little hiccups because it's so effervescent. <laughs> uh, I bought a fizzy red wine this weekend that was like. What was that? I think it might have just been red wine, red wine that was carbonated. Like, I was like, this this isn't bad, but I'm like, this does taste like somebody soda streamed a red wine. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I didn't eat, especially because it was kind of an earthier red wine than you might think. Hmm. So it was like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh man, this wine's great. It's got those beautiful barnyardy notes. And I don't know why people are like, hell yeah, give me the barnyardy notes. But some people, some people do. Uh, but I will, I will say bizarre when combined with uh carbonation it's very strange to have like sort of an earthier uh earthier red wine that was also just like absurdly fizzy uh so is it car was it carbonated or was it allowed to fizz see that's the thing i don't i do not feel like there was some sort of natural process that resulted <laughs> in like a uh fizzy wine i feel like a wine was created and then fizz uh was was added to the picture that was my mm. that was my vibe uh mm. on it but i couldn't i couldn't work it out because the the label didn't provide those kinds of uh details anyway remember you can send us all your questions at kata where can people send the questions at gaming at vice.com right that's the email we're yeah. still using 100 percent. yeah right. so send it in uh that is a wrap on today's episode of waypoint radio if you want more from waypoint you can follow us on twitter at waypoint facebook and youtube waypoint vice you can follow me on twitter at rob zachney uh ren where can people follow you you can follow me on twitter at ren or raven kato at a underscore kato underscore appears Excellent. Uh, you can also go and check out uh, what we've published on waypoint.vice.com. Uh, Ren, when can people read your, when are you going to render a verdict on Stray? Uh, ideally, I should have a piece up either tomorrow, midday, or Wednesday. Um, ideally tomorrow, though. All right. Keep an, keep an eye out uh, for, for a final for a final sentencing of stray uh the judgment <laughs> will be handed down uh so so prepare yourself uh let's see coming up soon well you should be sure to check out uh i think today's monday so you will have a fresh new motorsports monday uh to review by the time you by the time you're hearing this uh, you can check it out on twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, Kato, you and I are nearing the end of our inaugural season with Oberhof Racing. Um, yeah. We're in deep trouble. But uh, with a couple I mean, good finishes, it could all turn around. Yeah, actually, I feel like we're finally coming into our stride here. What yeah. was that? Did, what did, did we get? What did we get? What was we, that have yet to, we, we have yet to earn a single point. Yeah, I know, but we were close once, right? Yeah, no, we're we're knocking on the door of we're right like there. actually, yeah, yeah. For once we're we, close. we we got above ninth place for once. Man, I'm never gonna stop thinking about the time we were like in fifth place and then needlessly sort of blew it. <laughs> uh, that was that was sort of the whole season on the line at that point. Uh, but but we anyway, have, we have plenty of chances, plenty of races. We only need like two points, right? 
Yeah, we we get two points, then we're we're in we're the smiling. like we, we've succeeded expectations, uh, and <laughs> we might have saved our jobs. And then it just de- de- it then it just depends on if the crippling debt gets us, which it might. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and uh, so we we're, we're gonna be checking that out. Uh, we also got some more plans we're working on for the week uh, as Patrick returns to us, uh, and and we prepare. Oh for, yeah, yeah, Patrick. Clapic. Yeah, he's coming back. Oh shit. I know. He's I coming know. back? Yeah. He's returning from the store. <laughs> hey every hey waypoint. It's your Patrick. Remember Patrick? <laughs> he brought he got you some he brought you some really nice gifts from that trip he was on. Um he was always thinking of us uh the entire time he was gone, even though we didn't know where he was or what he was doing. Uh <laughs> but he was we were never far from his thoughts. He got us this uh oh, it's a James Patterson book bought from Hudson News. <laughs> oh, that's so Jesus. thoughtful. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> it still has the fucking Hudson yeah. News sticker yeah. on the back. Jesus. Oh, the, the the father was away, but soon the gamer shall play. <laughs> uh, and of course, on Waypoint Plus this week uh, on the premium feed, you'll be able to hear uh, the next manhunting episode as we discuss the insider, uh, which was an absolute blast of an episode and was a really terrific movie. I hadn't seen it in in a minute. Uh, and if you haven't if you haven't checked it out, it is in some ways the least uh like the others of his of his films uh maybe setting aside the keep uh but it is a terrific uh drama of the uh scandal like, at, at at CBS 60 minutes like most people including Michael Mann have set aside the keep <laughs> that's very true michael michael <laughs> mann is not eager to uh sort of say ah here's an integral part of my of my oeuvre the keep <laughs> anyway if all that sounds good, or if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're also helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here. Uh, and if you want to show show your support, uh, if you just feel like you need more things that declare an allegiance uh, to Waypoint or the spirit of adventure that we embody, go to waypointgeneralstore.com. Buy some of our fine merch. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Until, uh, until Friday, that's us calling time on this podcast. Till then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 